You're listening to LeBeau's Lessons, a leadership podcast for new and aspiring leaders. LeBeau's Lessons is a virtual platform which seeks to provide leadership training and education for new and aspiring leaders. We do this by providing a consistent, free leadership podcast, weekly mentoring meetings with our staff, and online courses. Every Tuesday, we meet at 12 noon CST to promote self-awareness by providing stories and leadership coaching on this show to raise the emotional intelligence of our listeners. You can support us by following, liking, subscribing, and sharing. And now, on to the show. Welcome to LeBeau's Life Lessons. Thanks for joining me today. Today we're going to continue our series called The Principled Woman. If you're just joining me for the first time today, I'm LeBeau Colbert, former therapist turned business owner, and I am continuing a series that uh, I started on being a principled woman and what that means and how to be a logical woman rather than an emotional woman who makes decisions based on logic and strength and wisdom, rather than talking about your feelings and how you feel about it. And we all know how that goes. Now, the last time we talked about being a principled woman, we talked about how unprincipled women come off and how they think and the things that easily ensnare them. So with that, uh, if you're interested in seeing that part one, go ahead and check it out on Apple, Spotify, or Anchor, LeBeau's Life Lessons, and the episode is there. Today, uh, we're gonna go into part two. I think this is gonna be a three-parter, maybe a four. Uh, We're going to go on to part two. And in today's talk, we're gonna talk about the description of the principled woman. What are unprincipled women driven by? And lastly, I hope to get through this. I don't know if I will. Um, The eight losses due to emotional thinking. Now this is all going to build up uh, to a very, very in-depth Um, summary about the types of unprincipled women and the reason why I'm really harping on this is because you have to be able to see yourself and call yourself out you know you have to be able to know who you are inside and out good and the bad and so I'm going to go over in the third talk so I'm just trying to let y'all get a preview so that you can uh, stick with me We're gonna talk about the 10 types of unprincipled women and why they're like that, how you can tell what type of um, issues have been hindering you in your life and what you can do to fix that. So that is a really important one. But we're gonna start off just talking about a description of the principled woman. Now, um, if you have any questions, for those of you who are watching on TikTok, if you have any questions that you want me to answer, it has to be on topic, 
and it has to be serious or else I'm just going to ignore it. But if you have some questions that I won't be able to go in depth about, definitely message me. I often throughout the week talk to people in my DMs about this whole scenario. Now, if you are watching, I am focusing this message towards women, obviously, but these are principles and uh, different types of different types of uh, principles that you can take for any type of person. It doesn't have to be a man, a woman. It could be a man also. It's just about people, right? And we all need to improve ourselves. Now. Let's talk about the description of a principal woman. If we want to be a principal woman, why? Why is that? What are they like? Because when I was growing up, I always wanted to be the type of woman that was respected. And I, I just want to preface this with saying there's a balance, okay? I have immense respect for those women who are soft, they're kind, they are uh, deep feeling and there is a place for that and my main point is you don't have to be you don't have to give up being that way the world needs more of that but it needs more of that in the right instances everybody you shouldn't give that part of you to everyone because it's not necessary or it can be harmful for you to do that in out of the right circumstances but when I talk about a principal woman, I'm not talking about a cold woman or an unfeeling woman. Because you don't have to be cold or unfeeling to be logical and to be wise. You just have to have self-discipline. So we're going to go over into talking about what a principal woman would look like. Now, number one, and this is one through 12, and I'm going to go through these pretty quickly. That's right, balance is key. Number one, she is a woman who seeks to be of service to mankind. She doesn't live for herself. A principled woman can see things in the long term and she wants to contribute to the world. She wants to serve. That is something everyone can respect, right? Okay, number two, she values experiences over materialism. I'm not saying that she doesn't like nice things. I'm saying that in her list of priorities, she's going to put life experiences in the gold and the wisdom that you can extract from that rather than if you put that up against material, she's is going to outweigh that. Because when, when it's unbalanced, when you put materials over experiences, then that can lead you to be a person that's unprincipled and does unprincipled things in order to get money. And we don't want to be that type of woman. Number three, she seeks with she speaks wisdom, knowledge, and kindness. She speaks wisdom, knowledge, and kindness. Every principled woman that you look up to speaks wisdom, knowledge, and kindness and we can all agree to that number four she seeks to add virtues to her character and to strengthen the one she currently possesses right 
She seeks to add virtues to her character and to strengthen the one she currently possesses. So she is always evolving. The woman that you knew five years ago is going to be leveled up, not just leveled up on the outside, but emotionally leveled up, spiritually leveled up. In her education, she's leveled up. In her character, she's leveled up. Do you get what I mean? So she is, she is growing on the inside. She seeks to improve herself in many different ways, okay? And the reason why I say in many different ways is because you have some women who are principled in one area and not principled in another. For instance, they're principled when it comes to how they treat people, but when it comes to them having self-control over their bodies, they're unprincipled, and you can tell. And then there are women who are the opposite. They're principled in their bodies and how they treat their bodies, but they're unprincipled in how they treat other people. And so this is the reason why we have to look at all aspects of our lives and be able to confront ourselves on each and every area. We have disorder and disordered thinking, okay? All right. Number five, she shows honor where honor is due. An honorable woman can recognize who deserves honor and she shows them that honor. An unhonorable woman does not even recognize what type of person deserves honor. Have you ever seen someone, have you ever seen someone who claims to be whatever, you know, they put themselves on a pedestal, but when they're around people who deserve honor, they're disrespectful. That is not a principled woman, okay? Number six, she is above competitive energy. Above competitive energy. Now, when I say she's above competitive energy, let's say you're a businesswoman. You're a businesswoman, and in business, there's some level of competitiveness. But I'm talking about the competitive uh, woman against woman and, and feeling like you are competing against someone, seeing them as a threat to uh, your attention, etc. Okay, she is not competitive in that way, competing with other women. Number seven, she is altruistic and humble. She is altruistic and humble. Humble humility only comes through humbling experiences. Okay, so when a person is humble. That means that they've gone through humbling experiences. And so a principled woman can go through many different things and still be positive, see meaning in life, and also remain humble. Number eight, she has a strong sense of self. And this is one of the main ways you can recognize whether or not a woman is principled. If she doesn't know herself, she's usually going to be unprincipled in various different ways. If she doesn't know herself, she's not going to carry herself in a way that exudes 
that she is confident, exudes that she has meaning in her life and that she's living with intention and purpose in her life. Sometimes that comes across in the way that, the, that she dressed or the way that she speaks to people, okay? So with that being said, a strong sense of self, even if you don't know how to I, like describe it, you can identify it. If you line up 10 women and interact with them, you can tell which ones have a strong sense of self. And that is the type of person you have to aspire to become if you're not already and continue to be that person because you can have several losses in life and it can take you down. It can knock you down and make you feel like, you know, what's the meaning of all this? And it can hurt your confidence level. This is something that you have to master rebuilding, rebuilding your sense of self, reminding yourself who you are. Number nine, she embodies integrity, embodies integrity. So that means that she's a woman of her word. She means what she says. You can trust her in various different ways. Again, it comes to being principled in all areas, not just in some areas. Some people are trustworthy in one way and untrustworthy in another way. I'm not going to say some, all of us. We're more trustworthy depending on the circumstance, depending on the area. Some people are very trustworthy when it comes to money, not that trustworthy when it comes to social relationships or the opposite, okay? But she embodies integrity. Number 10, she's stoic in all types of scenarios. She's stoic. What I mean by stoic is that she doesn't allow circumstances to change her joy factor. She still is able to remain at peace and calm. Now, of course, in different situations, you can temporarily lose your peace and you have to know how to attain it again. But when I say she is stoic, she's not easily, she's not easily triggered. She's not easily led off, like thrown off her day. Something you said, even if it was just a, pat, a remark in passing, um, throws her off her whole day, okay? Because that is when you're letting your emotions lead you. So a principled woman is stoic. She knows how to stay calm and to remain in her persona. Number 11, she seeks to add value to the environment. So she's not just a taker. She doesn't join the woman groups and join this and join that just so she can take. She comes to give. She doesn't come to the network event just thinking about what she can get out of it. She comes to add value, to bring something to the table in a sense. So in every environment, she adds value to it. And finally, number 12, the principled woman rests in gratitude. She's grateful. And gratitude is something that you have to, on a daily basis, remind yourself of being grateful. Okay. But the principled woman remains in a consistent state of gratitude, always mindful that she has achieved things. 
things that she prayed for, they did come to pass. She has grown. She does have more. She has increased. She does have a good life. She does like her life and herself. This is the gratitude that a principal woman rests in. Now, moving on. Now that we talked about what a principal woman looks like, let's talk about why so many women struggle to be that type of woman. There's three main indicators or driving forces behind an unprincipled person. Number one is power. Number two is pity. Number three is praise. An emotional woman who is unprincipled, she wants those three things. She wants to have influence. She wants people to feel sorry for her. And she wants people to praise her. Now, every single one of us has this in us in different levels. But see, when you're driven by, I'll, I'll show you an example. A unprincipled woman or emotional woman who is driven by power has to be in control. They have to tell people what to do always. They want to lead everything always. They want to be in front and they want to be on top. So everything that they do is around that. Their agenda is around that. And that is what's driving them to treat people the way that they do. A person who is driven by pity, you can tell. They get on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. They cry on the camera. And I'm not saying all people at all times, but they cry on the camera. They talk, they leave vague posts that provoke people to feel sorry for them. I feel like giving up, vague. I can't live like this anymore or something like that. Then when you get around these people, you become enmeshed in their drama. Everybody has drama, everybody needs to vent. But I'm talking about people who are consistently looking for pity in every environment. They, they always speak negatively and always are trying to get people to be on their side. That is disordered thinking. And that drives a lot of those women's conversations. And number three, praise. They have to be praised constantly. If they're not praised and worshiped constantly, they're feeling down on themselves. And, and this is, listen, like I said, all of us have a little bit of this. So if you're feeling convicted by this, it's not because you're a bad person. It's because there's certain things that attributed to you becoming this way and you can undo it, but you have to actively care and want to do that. Okay. All right. Now we're going to get into the eight losses due to emotional thinking. So the eight losses that come with emotional thinking. The reason why it's so important to be a woman led by logic is because emotional thinking is what gets a lot of women in trouble. Having emotional intelligence and being able to see things from a different angle or multiple angles is 
you know, this is women's superpower. Having intuition, that's women's superpower. And those are good things. But whenever it's used out of place, it can be, it can turn into delusion, deluded thinking. It can turn into accusations, false accusations. It can turn into anxiety and misjudging people. It can turn into misjudging people as a good person when they're really bad for you. And this is the reason why we have to identify the things you have to, to lose when you're dealing with a dilemma and you wanna do the emotional thing. Here's something you can do. When you're faced with a dilemma and you have two, you have two choices, you either do the logical thing or the emotional thing. Now, when you look at your emotional, split them in half, when you look at the emotional side, take the time to actually think about what you stand to lose if you go with that side. Then look at what you stand to lose if you go with the logical side. These both will yield a hypothesis, a guess, but if you use wisdom, it'll be an educated guess. How do you make an educated guess? Based on past experiences and indicators. So for instance, if you're thinking if you need to go back to that ex-boyfriend or not because they're, they're uh, wanting to get back together with you, make an educated guess. Look at your past experiences. Now weigh what you stand to lose if you go with your emotions on either side. Just one way to look at it and apply this. Okay, eight losses due to emotional thinking. And if you're watching now, we're talking about The Principled Woman, which is a series I'm doing. It's going to be a three or four parter. We are on number two. Uh, the first part we talked about um, we talked about how you can tell if someone is unprincipled and what are the indicators and, and different things that, that show you that you are making decisions based on your emotions. Now we're talking about what a principled woman looks like, what unprincipled women are driven by and the eight losses due to emotional thinking and if you're coming in late you'll be able to find this whole podcast on Apple, Spotify, and Anchor later on today. And if you missed part one, you can find that as well. Yes, um, someone said, they said the brain just stores information, but what we speak and do always comes from the heart and shows the condition of it. I love that statement, very wise statement, so true. Okay, the eight losses. The number one loss that you will see when you have emotional thinking and you're driven by emotion is a loss of opportunities. A loss of opportunities. Emotional people dwell on fear beyond what is necessary, even absent of a threat. If you're new to me, I was a 
therapist, and I dealt with a lot of people who suffered from anxiety disorder, different types of um, anxiety disorders. And these people tend to have a fear that is absent of threat. So what is happening is that their, their brain is working overtime in the department of be afraid and is sending to them signals that they should be afraid in instances where they should not be. Usually what that will cause is eventually it will, it would cause a, uh, a, um, a phenomenon where it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. The very thing that they were afraid of would happen because their emotions and they emoted their way to that predicament, to that ultimate end. So for instance, if you come into panic attacks, that's right. If you come into a networking event or a party or a social event and you're full of anxiety of, they're not gonna like me, they're gonna do this, da, 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 da. You come in with that mindset. You're going to act like that. People are gonna pick it up and now for some reason they don't trust you. Then they're gonna be having confirmation bias, only looking at things that make you look untrustworthy. And now all of a sudden people who don't really know you don't like you. And that's how you go from fear to reality when you are leading with your emotions. The second loss is a loss of valuable relationships. A loss of valuable relationships. Last time we talked, I talked about the loss of the mistake of distrusting the wrong, the right person. The mistake of trusting the right person. Lots of us talk about the mistake of of trusting the wrong person. But when we distrust the right person, that is also a mistake, a very big mistake. Because when you trust the wrong person, a lot is taken from your life. When you distrust the right person, a lot that would have happened for you doesn't happen for you because you ran that person away. So these emotional thinkers react by recreating and in the abandonment that they felt in the past. So they, they recreate that by sabotaging relationships with good people. And now they've lost whatever benefits that person was going to bring into their life, whatever pleasure, whatever happiness. Number three, the loss of respect from others. A loss of respect. When you are an emotional person, you go around losing people's respect. Uh, you take out uh, your problems with one person out on another person because the second person either reminds you or triggers you in some way of somebody else or some other situation. It's kind of like, for instance, if you meet a new person or like, let's say a new person is married into your family and they remind you in one way or another of someone from your past and their presence, the way they look or their name or the way they speak or the place they come from or their career reminds you of a negative experience. You being led by emotions will cause you to act in a certain way that causes that person to dis not respect you anymore. Even when you, when you walk around 
speaking, airing everything that's in your mind because you're emotional, you lose people's respect. And you don't know, like certain people, a lot of people can be looking up to you and you make that post, that really emotional post that had no business being posted. And then boom, boom, just like that, tons of people just lost respect for you. Number four, the fourth loss is the loss of control over your emotional health. Emotional thinking translates every negative emotion into anger. Every negative emotion turns into anger because you're emotional. And so now, some of you, you rest in anger. You rest in this constant state of dissatisfaction. And so it's saltiness, right? And then a lot of you, especially on TikTok, you go on there to, to vomit your toxicity onto other people to relieve yourself of the tension of your emotional thinking that you have built up. And these are these are how this is how trolls are made online. These are people who don't have control over their emotions, so they come to relieve themselves of all the toxicity they have built up emotionally. Number five, a loss of reality, a loss of reality. And, and I want to I want to really emphasize the importance of understanding this. When I say you lose a sense of reality, when you're emotional and you stay in an emotional state, you will lose your grip on what is real and what is not. Things in your life can be staring you in the face, real issues, and you choose to look at it the way that you want to based on how you want to feel about it. And then when you do that, now you're in a deluded state of mind and the way that you speak doesn't make sense. And you start making decisions that don't make sense at all. And the re reason why that really hurts me to my core The reason why that hurts me to my core is because I see so many people that have been ravaged by bad experiences. They develop some type of disordered thinking based on that. And with that, they lose their sense of reality and now their decision-making doesn't make sense. Now, they're creating more difficulty and obstacles for themselves simply because now they don't have a sense of reality and they're just messing up everything that hasn't been messed up already. So that, that really bothers me. And it's a lot of times it's because people refuse to get therapy. Mm-hmm. Words are like seeds and some people have fertile hearts. That is so true. Yes. And, and thank you for listening and share it with somebody that you believe will benefit from it.
But have you ever met somebody? Have you ever met or known someone personally who's lost their sense of reality? And now the person you used to know is gone and you have this person in front of you that just is not making rational decisions anymore. And it's like, what can you do outside of praying for them and trying to talk to them? You know that they're still just going to follow whatever their emotions are. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, a, uh, a frustrating situation to be in. But one thing you can do as a principal woman is in order to keep your grasp on reality is to regularly analyze your emotions and actions and question your thoughts. Don't just allow your thoughts to just run wild. And this is why it's so valuable, so valuable to seek wise counsel. Get a counselor. If you don't trust anybody in your circle or the people in your circle, they don't ever have the right words to say. They don't have wisdom. They don't know how to encourage you. They don't know how to just listen. Then get a counselor, okay? And and find somebody who you can talk to that's going to keep you grounded. Because when you lose that and the only thing you do is you're only hearing your own thoughts, you're putting yourself in the danger zone. Number six, loss of reach goals. You can't reach your goals when you're an emotional thinker, okay? Um, being reactive results in never truly hitting your potential or reaching your goals because you're not disciplined enough. But a principled woman regularly seeks ways to improve herself, attacking her weaknesses in all aspects of life. She takes time to learn from her failures. Okay, take time to learn from your failures. I love um, reading. I think reading is great if uh, just for everyone. However, I think you, you, it's a better use of your time to read things that actually apply to your daily life and help you in your daily life. So the types of books I read are across the board, like the most popular book for, books for self-improvement growth, you know, in different areas when it comes to money, your health, um, your spiritual, emotional wellness, how you deal with people in your relationships. I like to read to improve myself to, to, you know, because I hate the idea. My worst fear is years going by of me doing and thinking the wrong thing. Years going by of me doing and thinking the wrong thing doing it because I mess up my own life and then people see me messing my own life up and they lose respect for me and then thinking is because now I I'm not correctly analyzing myself or my environment or my life and there's so many losses that are you know have you ever looked at somebody and you can look at them and you can see their potential but they're screwing it up like you can tell that they're they're messing up their own opportunities simply because of their thinking is off. Yes, somebody said I feel everyone everybody does that when they're young, and then some. Uh, uh, still won't change, or still or 
I couldn't read that last part. But yeah, every yes, everybody does this when when they're young. This is true. And um but I think this is the reason why I've been obsessed with wisdom since I was young. I don't like being that type of person. Number 7. Loss of a good reputation loss of a good reputation when you are emotional you can't be a person of your word you mess up your own persona in other people's eyes and you lose a good reputation or you never really get to develop it emotional people hop from job to job damaging their careers as an example relationship to relationship sometimes and and I can't I'm not gonna put everybody in a box but you know who it applies to if it's you and you ruin opportunities because of that reputation is ruined but a principal woman she looks at her career in the long term and not based on how how quickly she can make money so just using this example when it comes to your career when you're in business, your reputation is everything. Like you eat, you, you eat what your reputation is. If you're eating, it's because you have a good reputation. If you're not eating, it's because you have a bad reputation. Some people I've met, the business or the idea or the strategy or the service is good but the business owner is too emotional and they ruin their business over and over and over again, okay? And some of these people, they're so busy chasing the dollar that they're ruining their reputation in business, ruining their reputation because all it is about to them is the money only. When I look at my business, I'm look, I literally started my business because I wanted to start a legacy. The money is icing on the cake. The legacy is what I'm trying to live, leave. Someone said emotional thinking can, can also lead to insecurity. So many attractive women are so insecure with how they look. This is very, very true. People, you know, people, the same people you see on TV, on magazines, they're surrounded by beautiful people. They're, many of these people are insecure. Many of, the, I mean, sometimes the industry, not sometimes, most of the time the industry is what also encourages that insecurity. The modeling and the, the acting. I come from the modeling and acting world as well. And it promotes insecurity. I'll, I'll give you an example. I remember... Um, I used to be um, a bikini bodybuilder at one point, and um, I don't think I'll ever go back because the industry has changed. But there was at one time I looked fantastic. I was very well toned, very defined muscles, and I was a model. Sometimes I would go and do modeling gigs where all the girls were like this small. I believed in being healthy and building healthy substantial muscle that is still feminine looking natural without any types of drugs and so i was very well toned 
my arms are developed, I had nice sized biceps and everything. But whenever I would go to these events, all of the girls would be like a size zero two. I was a size two, four, sometimes a size four. And they were a size zero two, no muscle tone. And I can tell they weren't eating. Certain things like that. And then you'll realize you don't get hired again because you're the only model that has veins running down your arms and everybody else doesn't have any muscle mass. So sometimes people are directly told things about the way they look in the modeling industry. And that is very damaging to people's self-esteem. So that is a very good point you brought up. And number eight, the eighth loss, the eighth loss is a loss of self-respect and personal boundaries. When you're emotional, this is so huge. When you're emotional, you lose your self-respect. And then you don't have personal boundaries or you don't honor your own personal boundaries. Okay, you set aside a day that is just self-care or a time of day that is just self-care. But then every time somebody calls, you pick up the phone. Every time, um, every time somebody needs something, you're always jumping up. You never let yourself um, feel what it feels like to have a gatekeeping system where you say, mm -mm. On this day, this is my day. This is for me. And you get to heal and restore and recover, right? So when you deny yourself that, you're going to run yourself ragged and make yourself have disordered thinking. Emotions will keep luring you into toxic and draining relationships that have no future, ventures that have no future and lots of other things that have no future or not in your best interest. And so it's your emotions that keep luring you into that toxicity. But a principal woman takes time to assess whether someone or something truly deserves a position in her life based on how qualified it is or they are and not how charming or appealing it seems. So if a per just because a person is charming and appealing does not mean they're qualified to be in your life. What qualifies a person to be in your life? What qualifies a person for intimacy with you? These are questions you have to ask yourself. What qualifies a business for you to want to get involved with it? Is it just money? That's not enough. If it looks like it's, you know, it's drawing you by the appeal, you're not going to think logically. And so this is how a lot of people, you wonder why a lot of people get scammed and a lot of people get frauded out of their money is because they have unprincipled thinking and they're being led by their emotions. So any type of wave, a new thing that comes about, they're ready to throw their money at it to see Oh, if I can make some money, some quick money this way. Or as soon as somebody attractive comes around talking to them and whatever, they don't know how to resist. Do you know how much power there is in resisting when, especially when someone or something is 
it seems like it's a dream come true or it's something you would really want to get involved with or someone you would really want to get involved with and you can walk away or you can discipline yourself to not engage in a level that you shouldn't too soon there's so much power in it there's so much you there's that's a way that you can build self-confidence is when you are disciplined you can say no to yourself and it leaves a lot of people confused you know a lot of people will be confused especially if you're a principal woman that makes sure you do your own research not only just on people before you but I'm talking about in business as well when people try to lure you in with stuff and what something appears to be and you're like okay I'll think about it they think oh this person is crazy they're, they're gonna miss out they're not thinking about it no 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 it takes time to really do your due diligence and that a lot of people aren't willing to do and this is why they say a fool is easily separated from their money right you everybody has emotions everybody has emotions you should know your emotions your weaknesses and your strengths when I say that you need to control your emotions, what I mean is a lot of people allow their emotions to lead them. If you had a dog, would you let the dog lead you? If you had a child, would you let the child lead you? No, you wouldn't let that happen because you, the more intelligent being, have to logically make a decision on where you decide to go. The Bible, which I... I you know, follow, um, it says, who knows the heart? It's treacherous. It will lead you to do one thing one day and one thing another day. Your heart will lead you to punch somebody in the face. Your heart will get you to go back to that, text, that toxic ex. That heart will say, yeah, you should go and, and be a part of this and give them $500. You know, your heart can lead you astray. And then do something else the next day. This is the reason why you have to make sure that you have logic behind your decisions. When I say control yourself, this is what makes us different from the animals. Anytime we do things without thinking about the real consequences beyond the day, we are thinking in our lower animalistic self. We are thinking in our lower self. And so in order to think in your higher self, you have to say, oh, okay, I know how I feel, but let me think about this. Because your emotions are a passing thing. They should be acknowledged, but they shouldn't control you. And that's what I mean by that. Now on next time, part three, we're gonna go into the types of unprincipled women. The types of unprincipled women. We're gonna talk about the overly serious type, the extra helpful type, the flamboyant type, the people pleaser type, the outraged canceling type, the bougie poser type, the quiet sensitive type, the overtly sexual type, the drama queen type, and the deluded dreamer type. I'm gonna go into 
what conditions in their childhood created these personality types, why they're driven by certain emotions and how to take hold of it and how to make sure that those types of uh, behaviors and personalities don't work for your good and not for your bad. I'm not talking about necessarily changing you, but I'm talking about taking something that could be a downfall and turning it into a win. And that's what we'll be talking about next time. But as I close, um, there's one type that I didn't mention and it's the overachieving type. And the overachieving type is the type of person who has had loss, neglect, or has had no voice, or has had to go without in childhood. And the way that this person tries to compensate for that is they try to go after everything that they didn't get in childhood. The power they didn't have, the voice they didn't have, uh, the control they didn't have, the praise they didn't get, the opportunities they didn't get, all the things that they said, no, you can't have because you're a woman. No, they, you can't have because you're black. No, you can't have because you're poor. No, you can't have because you're ugly. No, you can't have this. You're not smart enough. And whenever that person goes through that, they grow up to be the type of person who is looking to prove everybody wrong. The problem with this is nothing ever satisfies this type of person. Nothing. They can achieve all of the things and nothing ever satisfies them. You know why? Because they're chasing the win. They're always looking over the fence and seeing somebody having a grass greener on the other side. I call it the utopia syndrome or the greener syndrome. I call it the utopia syndrome because you always believe in some vague sense of success that you haven't achieved. It's somewhere where life is perfect in your mind. It's somewhere where you get all the things that you didn't get growing up, but you don't even know what that is or what it looks like. And then every time you get closer to it, you still don't feel satisfied. And then I call it the greener syndrome because you always think somebody else has it better than you. Even when you get praise, it's not enough. Even when you get adoration, it's not enough. Even when you get the money, it's not enough. When you get the business, it's not enough. The marriage is not enough. The children is not enough. Nothing is enough. And so whenever you will, you will find yourself surrounded by all of this seemingly success and everybody's looking at you as being successful and you feel unsuccessful, still looking for the next big thing, the next venture, the next mountain to climb. Now, I always believe that we should always be searching for the next win because it motivates us and gives our life meaning. But in the meantime, you don't sit around thinking that your life isn't good, you're not good, uh, your spouse isn't good enough, your children aren't good enough, your friends aren't good enough, your family's not good enough, just because you haven't reached this vague place that you don't even know what it is or what it looks like when you get there. And I tell you, that place keeps changing. Even when you get to that place, there's something else. Oh, well, I have a five-bedroom home, but I think I should have a six-bedroom home. Oh, it's only, it's only uh, uh, 3,600 square feet. I need a, a 5,000 square feet. 
have to stand back and ask yourself, why? Why do I need these things? And when you ask yourself why, you will find the root in your childhood. That is that child with unresolved issues that never heal and you're trying to go after stuff. You're trying to go after stuff to soothe that child, to make that child feel important and valued because that child didn't feel important and valued. Thank you, uh, Kenneth. Thank you so much for that. And it's chasing the wind. Let me tell you something. You don't want to live your life never feeling like you've made it. You don't want to live your life always feeling like a failure. Always feeling like it's not good enough. There's many celebrities that you know and great people in history, because I love to read biographies about successful people and all the famous people. There's many of these people are driven by this. You, you, if you speak their name, I'll be able to tell you. If you, all you have to do is look at their childhood. Look at their childhood. There will be a point in which you could see that neglect, that degrading, that violation, that thing that happened to them or that period of life where that struggle endured. They endured that great struggle in life and that's the reason why that child won't stop asking for more. That is a trap. And a principled woman knows how to rest in gratitude. Rest in gratitude. You cannot have a mindset like that and be grateful at the same time. You say, oh no, I am grateful. I thank God every day. But then don't you complain right after that. Right after that, you're mad again. Oh, I wish it all oh, this happened. Oh. And I'm not saying you can't get mad. I'm talking about you go from feeling grateful for what you have, and then the next, like within the next hour, you're feeling like you're a failure. You're a nobody. And that's not humility. That is a problem with ego. It's the exact opposite. So we need to work on those things as principled women. So with that said, I hope that I built enough anticipation, anticipation for you guys to join me next week as I close this out because I'm telling you next week it's gonna be so strong because when I, when I talk about those different types, not only are you gonna see yourself but you're going to start understanding the people around you and what's driving them. And let me tell you the benefit of that. The benefit is when you really understand these people, you'll stop being so mad at them. And you will give yourself a break. Okay? And that's, that's how I want to make sure we close this thing. So, with that being said, thank you again for watching LaBeau's Life Lessons. This is the principled woman series we're talking about and you can find this whole broadcast later on on uh, apple spotify and anchor i'll see you guys next time thanks for hanging out on tiktok bye